Angie, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. We are the Faithless Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together, and we hope that you'll enjoy your time with us. Well, hi there. We are um, working today on Hebrews chapter 11. And we talked last time, just kind of giving an overview of um, Hebrews 11, kind of the who, what, when, where, and why. And now we are going to really get into it and talk about the specific who's and the specific what's it was that they did um, all by faith. Um, So we are going to start out today um, with Hebrews 11.4. And then we're going to just go from there. So, Terry, do you want to read that for us so we have some a good balance going in? Yep. Um, from the NIV, as usual. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, he still speaks, even though he is dead. Okay, so who is Abel? Who is background here? Yes. Yeah. One of Adam and Eve's sons, mm-hmm. as was Cain. Right. Cain was his brother. Cain was firstborn. Um, and so I have that whole thing where I was saying, like, Cain brought pain. <laughs> yeah. But you guys have a different one. Yeah. I, I remember who's who by just saying Cain killed. Cain killed. Emphasis on that hard, you know, yeah. case on. So Cain so, killed Abel, Abel, and the way I remember it, Abel wasn't able to fight off Cain. <laughs> so, yeah. He wasn't yeah. able to stay alive. No. So this could have totally screwed everybody up in terms of <laughs> remembering all these. Right. Um, so this is coming from Genesis chapter 4. Yes. This is us back. the story of Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm. So... And, you know, did you guys read any commentary about the fact that they, it's possible that Cain and Abel were twins? Oh, it could be. And that Cain was the firstborn of that set of twins. He wasn't the firstborn child of Adam and Eve. Okay. Um, Because we can assume that Adam and Eve started to procreate as soon as God said, you know, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth. Mm -hmm. Um, So that would have happened who knows when. I mean, I guess it could have been, but then why wouldn't they have said it? Didn't they say that with... um, It says later she gave birth to... uh, It says, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man, is what Mm -hmm. Eve says. And then the next verse is is verse 2, and it says, later she gave birth to the brother Abel. That doesn't say how much later. I'm not sure that's true. true. I'm not sure whose commentary that was. I read so many. Maybe Spurgeon, or it was either Guzak or Spurgeon. Um. I think that's that just a supposition. Could it have been that they were? That would have um, made the sibling rivalry even more real. Even more yeah. a big yeah. deal. Yeah. yeah. So, so so another part remembering that Abel kept flocks. So he was the shepherd mm-hmm. of the two. And Cain was the farmer. And Cain was the farmer. Right. right. So, so the story, we, we need to give some context. Give some context. Yeah. yeah. So Cain and Abel are brothers of Adam and Eve. Um, so they're pretty new to the earth here. 
um, and it's still a fresh new baby earth that we are um, inhabiting. And so Adam and Eve have Cain and Abel. Um, like Rosemary said, Cain is the farmer. Abel is the shepherd. And um, they come and they give their offerings to the Lord is what they do. And Cain gives an offering of fruit. And Abel, is it fruit? Um, well, I the, have some fruit from the soil. From the, from the soil. soil. Yeah. So it okay. could have been the produce. Yeah, yeah. Produce. 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 Fruits from the soil. So whatever produce it happened to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Abel brought an offering as well, but he gave an offering, it says in verse 4 of Genesis 4, and Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the crux of the story right there. That's where things start to go a little gnarly for them. Mm -hmm. So so let's kind of back up. Um, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And Abel brought the fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. So what's the difference in all that? Well, the fat was the richest part of the offering. That was the really desired stuff. And the firstborn meant before he did anything else, he took his firstborn and he gave the choicest of that first um, offering to God. Yeah. And in Cain, it just brought some of the fruits of the soil. So it may not have been the first ones. It may not have been the best ones. Mm-hmm. He probably brought okra. <laughs> <laughs> Brussels sprout. Yeah. I love Brussels sprouts. I do too. I do now, I do now I do but too. I didn't for a long time. But you I know, I just think that... Um, even God doesn't like his vegetables. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> she doesn't mean it, Lord. Forget. No, I don't. I don't. I like vegetables. I'm just kidding. Um, I think... You know how God wasn't pleased with um, Cain's offering, and they give you know a couple reasons. Well, that could because it doesn't tell us exactly, but there are a couple things that could be. And I think that the um, requirement of blood. I feel God already had given that. That I that was so the too. requirement, and um, I I just think because how else you know would Cain or Abel know what to bring. And, and to sacrifice it. So I think the plan was already laid out. And they both knew what was required of them. And Cain was just like, you know what? I think mine is good enough. And I grow great corn. And I'm bringing that. That's well, the scripture says, supposition. verse 7, says, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? So I think God is saying there, you know what's right. Mm-hmm. You, and if you do it, you'll be accepted. So, yeah, I think, you know, when you read back through that Genesis account, God's speaking with Cain. They're mm-hmm. talking back and forth. There's dialogue. There's a relationship. There's conversation. Um, so God would not have withheld that information of what was right as far as what to do as a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You know, even just going further with that, Angie, um, where it says, if you if you do what is, we're in um, verse 6? Verse um, 7 of Genesis 4. Okay, mm-hmm. Genesis 4. 
Okay, yeah. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. So this isn't about, that's just, that was really interesting to me. I don't have a great answer for that. Except that this was involving, this was a sin offering. I think. Mm. So I always understood that it was not the nature of what was sacrificed. Uh-huh. It wasn't, um, you know, the blood, the, the fat versus the soil, um, because that's, those were their specialties. Right. They were offering their sacrifices from their specialties, but they were offering their sacrifices with a different heart attitude and a different mindset of it, where it says cable, just, um, cable, sorry. You know what? <laughs> if, the people, <laughs> if the people listening weren't confused before, by the end of this, they will be. <laughs> that was the middle child. <laughs> yes. No, that's what Adam and Eve called Cain and Abel. <laughs> you know how everybody's names together? <laughs> Can't believe that <laughs> Which would make extra sense if they were twins. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But anyway, so, you know, um, Cain is a farmer. And so he, I would imagine, would bring his offerings of his specialty. Whereas Abel is um, a shepherd. And so he's going to bring his offerings of his specialty. But it goes back to the first fruits versus the, or the, the firstborn versus just the fruit in general. Yeah. And I Some think fruit. about, yeah, yeah, you know, and if you think about when you, if you were going to meet the Queen of England, right? Mm-hmm. And you are famous for making an apple pie. That is your specialty. And that's what you were going there. And you were being honored for making your, your apple pie. You're going to bring the best apple pie that you can possibly mm-hmm. bring because you're coming to, to offer this to her um, mm-hmm. as a, just as a normal person. Um, you wouldn't, you wouldn't make an apple pie and go, Oh man, I've made hundreds of pies that are better than this. It's fine though. It's just whatever. It's my apple pie. And then offer that. You would have the heart that you would want to offer to her your best that you have to offer. And that it just goes back to the heart is, is kind of how I've always thought well, of it. I think that's still pretty much the same though. The bottom line is God had said what the expectation was, whether it was your heart be right and you bring me the best of out of your heart or whether it was anything else. I think it's still the basic premise that God made it clear what was required and Cain chose not to do that. Mm-hmm. He made a conscious choice to give what he wanted to give, not what God had required, whatever that requirement was um, or whatever that guideline was that God had put out there. Cause we know that fruits and vegetables were part of the other offerings in the old Testament too. So yeah, it couldn't have been, something wrong that he brought uh, produce. So I'm going to jump in and connect it to faith. Mm-hmm. If we give, and this is like with tithing, if we tithe the first 10% to God, we don't know if that other 90% is coming by faith. We're believing that 90% is coming. Right. And so if, um, Cain gives the first fruits that have maybe the best seeds or everything else. He doesn't know if the rest of his crops by faith, he'd have to continue to work those crops. Right. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Abel. If he gives 
the best of the fats of this one. He goes, will this other sheep produce? Will these others, you know, I don't know. But what I do know is I'm going to trust God and give him that and trust that whatever comes next, if it's 90% or 50%, it'll be enough. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's where I think the faith piece comes in is that, and I, and I, I think it's in the firstborn mm-hmm. versus some of the crops. Yeah. That's where I'm seeing the faith in this story that Abel was honored for his faith because he stepped out like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can see that Cain knows that this is an issue yeah. right when he says, right when it says here, Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Like he knows and he's mad because he's like, Oh man, he didn't see it good enough as good enough. And I should have, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's good enough for me, but it's not good enough for him. So he knows right from mm-hmm. the immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His anger starts twisting everything. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. When we get mad at someone, it's all their fault or well, like, why couldn't they have right. this or whatever? The truth is we're trying to be God. That's what, that's what Cain was trying to do. Mm-hmm. I know better than God. I know he, he'll be happy with the peas and the carrots and the okra. Right. And and not the first of my crops. Right. And, right. and I saw as loving is when God came back to Cain and said, you know what's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He didn't let it pass. Mm-mm. He didn't go, oh, he'll do better the next time. He confronted him right there. Yeah. And, and Cain thought, made a choice then. He had the choice to either do it, do it right, make it right, or not. Instead, he calls his brother and says, hey, let's go out to the field. Right. And then. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so, God did give him an opportunity to make it right. Yeah. And he well, lied. And, he lied right to God's he face. He lied right to God's face. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's kind of like, I like the one before all that, though. But if you do, but if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you but you must rule over it. That is, it's like Angie, what you're saying. He had that choice. He made a choice. Yeah. So do we. Yeah. Right. When look at the progression from a, from an, from an unacceptable offering to murder. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a pretty big um, (laughs) step. Really? You think so? You don't think we do that every day? (laughs) I'm not kidding you. It's like, I, I make a mistake. Oh, that person's just such a jerk. They're not even going to listen to me. We murder their character. We murder their character. We go yeah, after that's them yeah. so fast. So yeah. fast. Right. Well, and I know that we're supposed to be talking about Abel because he's the one who was counted righteous. Righteous, but, yeah. um, Just getting back to Cain for a minute. It just goes on to show that he's not putting God first. Um, when Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land and I'll be hidden from your presence. The land, he put the land before he put God. And I just think that that just shows where his, his heart really was. He, oh, he didn't have right. God yeah. first in his heart. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, listen, in Hebrews 11, um, you know, in verse four, it says, by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. Well, if you go back to Genesis four, um, Cain goes out, he kills Abel in the field. 
And then God says to Cain, where's your brother? I don't know, he replies. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord says, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Mm -hmm. So we know that he was faithful and seen as faithful back in Genesis. We know he was seen as faithful enough for his blood to call out to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I read something that it was um, calling out for... um, uh, because Kane did that. <laughs> I don't know. I just wanted to yell out truth, justice in the American way. I don't know. <laughs> no, for um, revenge. Yeah. Abel's blood was calling out for revenge. And then somewhere in here it talks about um, Christ's blood given for us. It doesn't call out for revenge. He calls out for salvation, for forgiveness. Um. I, I don't know. I don't necessarily see Abel as revenge. To me, it's almost just the truth is there. The truth is like right there. Mm-hmm. And, and the other part is, who do you think you're kidding? You know? Mm-hmm. Right. So and another, so, I mean, any more things on Cain and Abel? Because we've got someone named Enoch coming up here. Yeah, let's talk about Enoch. There's not much said about him, but I have always loved Enoch's story. Tell me about that- him, Well, what we know is that he walked with God and he didn't ever experience death. God took him to heaven without having him experience death. Mm -hmm. And I think that's pretty incredible. Yeah. And that comes from um, Genesis chapter 5, and that's verse 23, 23 and 24. Mm Do you want me to read the um, Hebrews? Yeah, I was just going to say just the yeah five and six. Sure. Yes. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So, now. So, I I don't necessarily have answers to all of this, but I was like, it's just really fascinating. Like, it's just kind of plopped in there. Yeah. Just kind of put there. And that... The last um, verse six in that, without faith, faith, it is impossible to please God. The next section, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. I mean, doesn't that seem like a logic? Mm-hmm. A logic thing. And then the result of that is that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Mm-hmm. So Enoch is the seventh generation of mankind on earth. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, I, love, thought, I thought it was so interesting that he is number seven. He's generation number seven. Mm, very cool. You know, how many times do we see seven mm-hmm. in the Bible? We know seven is the number of completion. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was studying through this, I was like, he's number seven. So does the, And God, has, God chooses to take him mm-hmm. instead of letting him die. So does that mean that like the first cycle this is just me asking questions (laughs) this is how my brain has gone but does that mean like this since seven is completion and seven is the one that he chose to take with him 
does this mean that things are kind of resetting a little bit? And I've, I made a note on how long the um, forefathers lived. And it started with Adam. He was 930. And then the numbers decreased. Um, they bumped back up with Jared a little bit. And then Enoch went, you know, he was only 365. But then Enoch mm-hmm. is the father of Methuselah, who is the oldest man mm-hmm. to live. And so we go through that. And then, he, you know, God says, okay, you're faithful. You're done. I'm taking you away now. And then those ages start to bump up again. And then... Anyway, it's just something that I saw was interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Until we get to Noah and the flood. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that was, you know, I kind of looked at that and I saw that as kind of a reset in, in numbers, a reset. Yeah. And it made me wonder like, okay, so you, I cannot imagine not having faith in something in God after I see that my father has just been taken away. There was no yeah. death. He just was taken. And how much that would reiterate my faith in God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. And I like that it said Pretty that cool. Enoch walked with God. Mm-hmm. Walked yeah. with God for 300 years. <laughs> you know, uh, how close can you get to God? 300 years of, in 300 of years. being in in a close relationship with him and man. Yeah. I, I sometimes think faith is about obedience, just flat out obedience. And I see Enoch is doing that in walking with God and just, you know, like which way, you know, after 300 years, I, you know, when you said that Terry, I was like, yeah, you would get pretty good at that. Hopefully. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. that was 300 years after he had his, his First son. Step. His mm-hmm. first after Methuselah so was he born. was yeah. yeah he was 365 years old mm-hmm. yeah. when he was taken which compared to his son he was a relatively young man when he was taken. <laughs> right in the prime of his life in the prime <laughs> really in relation to everybody who had not everybody but all of the noted people who had lived before 930 912 905 910 895 962 can you imagine throwing a 962nd birthday party oh can you imagine going to it at that age <laughs> yeah <laughs> like oh my gosh how many of these have we done before um, yeah i just i just thought that was interesting I, I did some commentary reading about um, how people live this long. So there were a few different ideas. I'm sure you guys read up on it too. One thought is that I think all of these uh, are correct, but the human race was more genetically pure in this early time, in this early time period, less disease to shorten lifespans for one. Um, Number two, at that point, there had been no rain on the earth, and the expanse of the water above kept out harmful cosmic rays and shielded people from environmental factors that hasten aging. And then number three, God gave people longer lives so they could have time to fill the earth. Yeah. So So I think it's like some of those environmental factors to me when I thought about it was like, yeah, Lucky charms weren't invented back then. <laughs> Those are some of the environmental factors we're dealing with here in this quarantine. Oh, <laughs> boy. Stay at home. <laughs> anyway. 
That may or may not have been the best way to wrap this sucker up. (laughs) I need to be careful. I'll just stop here. No. (laughs) Anything else? I, I just, just the other piece that I think I would want to put in here is it looks so strange the way it was just put in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it's okay to ask questions about that. It's okay to go, huh, why is this here? How is that helpful? What do I need to know from that? One thing we can obviously know is that Enoch went with God. Mm-hmm. That's something we can all trust in for us. Mm. So even just tiny pieces of scripture can just be supportive and, and grow our faith. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause there's not a lot. We don't know a lot about any of, of yeah. this beginning stuff. Um, and, and yet it was important enough to mention in Hebrews 11. That's right. That's right. So it's, it's mentioned repeatedly because yeah. it's mentioned as the story goes. And then it's also mentioned, you know, as, as we talk about Hebrews. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's awesome. All right. Let's pray. Okay. God, we just come before you, Lord, so thankful for your word, God, so thankful for the way that you speak to us through your word, God, that we can even read just small portions, and um, and you have so much to tell us just within that. God, we just pray that you keep us from envy, envy. We pray that you keep us from sin, Lord, and we ask that you help us walk in your ways, God. We ask that our eyes are fixed upon you, Lord, and... Um, We just praise you and thank you for this opportunity to be with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.